0: The markets, we just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of
1: your wealth and investment strategy.
0: Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Coast and Mohamed Nallah. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show is accompanied
1: by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term investment thesis.
0: At just 99 rand per month, we are committed to making institutional-level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. Welcome to episode 58 of Magic Markets, and this is the first one for 2022. This morning in Ghost Mail, I wrote about the first one for 2021, so I've now realized the error of my ways, and I've now moved my head into the new year, and hopefully that is also true for... Um, dare I say the other guest on this podcast, which is Mohamed Nalla, I'm also a guest on this podcast, don't worry, 2022 is not going to bring this incredible shock where uh, Magic Markets has been taken over for the whole year, but we do have a really fun show ahead tonight and I'm going to hand over now, other than saying hello to Mo, who's sitting in minus 15 degrees in Canada, to Willet Maseko, who's one of our subscribers, a long-time reader of our work, I suppose a fan of what we do, and he actually reached out and suggested we turn the tables on Magic Markets and we allow him to interview us and chat about the markets. So that's going to be incredibly cool. So Mo, why don't you say hello first and then we'll hand over to our host for the night.
1: Yeah, Ghost, I was getting a little bit concerned that we kicked off 2022 and uh, I've, I've been demoted from a host to a guest, but it's actually not a demotion whatsoever because it's really so great to engage with our listeners, with our longtime subscribers. Uh, and Willet, super excited to have you on the show and super excited for what we've got in store for our listeners, not just on this show, but for 2022 as a whole.
2: thank you guys and uh, welcome to the listeners and thank you uh, my own ghost for having me on the show and indulging me it's been a a long time since I've started listening I think I started listening on the first show I followed both of your guys work I think we've interacted throughout all of the stuff and it's obviously developed into something a bit better a bit of a friendship and uh, we get to communicate openly and thank you for actually having me on the show Readers of Ghost Mail
0: may recognise the name Willett Co. Hopefully, they do, because it means they've been reading Fives Alive in Ghost Mail. So Willit is the sponsor of that, and if you want to check out his business, go find Willett Co. We'll put the link in the show, and uh, that's our way of saying thank you for uh, the cool idea of coming on board and hosting Magic Markets for us.
2: 100, and I appreciate that. So should we uh, kick it off, guys? Kick it off. I'm pretty excited to to start asking these questions. First time I've actually been on a podcast, hopefully not the last. So I think if we can kick off by the most obvious question is, how do you guys actually make decisions on the themes and the companies you speak about?
1: Well, I think it's a great question, simply because I am a macro guy. So I like to look at the the macro themes. Uh, I like to also take a, a multi-year approach at how I look at these things. And again, for those of you that follow me on my own blog, which is mo or mo-nose.com, you know, Willet, I know you're a subscriber as well. You've seen some of the work that I've put out there. You'll understand that I like to look at the big mega trends. Uh, the reason I like this is that they have some sustainability. If you're looking at investing rather than just kind of short-term day trading, uh, mega trends become very important because they inform entire sectors that you may want to be interested in. And that's my starting off point, uh, is that within an overarching framework that I have, just in terms of my worldview, uh, and again, I've spoken about some of this on the the Magic Markets podcast, uh, for listeners that have just recently joined us, you can go and check out the archive. You'll see that I'm a firm believer in cyclicality. I believe in cyclicality. I've spoken about, you know, there's a book by a a guy called Howard Marks, and he writes a lot about cyclicality. Uh, I believe in cyclicality. I believe that a lot of things that we see happening around us happen within cycles, and it's identifying where you are in that particular cycle. And sometimes you're looking at micro-trends or trends that are cycles within cycles. So that's my overarching framework. I use that to say, okay, great, these are some of the major themes that I think are going to be playing out over the course of not just this year, but over the course of the next five or 10 years. And I use that from a macro perspective to say, okay, great. So within those themes, within those sectors, what are some of the ways I can invest in them? And some of those are through listed instruments. They're through stocks. Some of them are through bonds. Some of them are through asymmetric payoff profiles, like options, things I've spoken about on the show. Some of them will exist in the unlisted space. Uh, And so I take all of that together. I write, I think about that, and I then feed that into my input into what is then effectively the magic markets process.
0: Yeah, and from my side, I think I I read as widely as I can and random stuff as well. You'll be amazed where you can pick up ideas and just think about the world around you. I mean, at the end of the day, the companies that you invest in are the companies that are in all likelihood either providing you with some kind of product or service or ecosystem Or your friends or your business the company you work for chances are you touch those companies in some way or form whether you're buying anything from an oil business through to a tech business you've probably touched that product i think that's the starting point for a lot of people and obviously i look at the thematic stuff as well and specific to me it's a bit different when i'm you know doing pa investing or trading which is rare it's more investing for me or when I'm writing something in ghost mail where I look for case studies that are a great learning opportunity. You know, I've written a lot about like Kathy Wood and ARK last year, not because I have any interest in investing in it, quite the opposite actually, but I thought it was a great way to learn um, about the importance of valuation. And luckily that's been, been proven to be right, I suppose. And then there's magic markets where we look at, you know, in the premium show, we look at the global stuff and there we try and pick companies, and we'll talk about this later, but companies that are just really interesting, household names, names we know that we think we can go and unpack and and really learn something from.
2: Thanks, I mean, what can we expect in terms of themes that you're looking at this year, as well as, you know, can you tell us a bit more about the guests that might come on this year as well, you know, related to those themes? Uh,
0: Well, we fly by the seat of our pants and sometimes we find a guest on a Monday for the Tuesday night, (laughs) that is the truth of it. Uh, So we do not know who the guests will be this year, but we do know that there's gonna be a bunch of cool people who will probably find their way onto the show which always makes us very excited. We're always very lucky we have people who listen to the show and reach out to us, or they read our work, or we engage with them on Twitter, uh, whatever the case may be. And inevitably, this ecosystem comes together, this really cool financial community, and out pops a subject matter expert who's willing to come onto the show, which is great.
1: Yeah, I think, Ghost, I want to add something on the on the guest point, is that, again, for, for long-time listeners, you'll know that with a lot of the guests we've had on the show, we often find that there's so much depth to a lot of the stuff that we're discussing that at the end of any particular show, there's usually a lot more down the rabbit hole. There's a lot more that we can unpack for our listeners. And so I certainly wouldn't rule out the opportunity to invite back on guests who we believe there's a lot more to add. And, and that ties into my answer to your, your original question, Willett, with regards to some of the themes that we think that can play out this year. And why I say it's linked to that is that, you know, quite often we go through New Year's and we, we think that as the calendar year ticks over, it's a clean slate. But the fact of the matter is that it's not a clean slate. Uh, themes carry over. And so a lot of the stuff that we we're speaking about last year carries over into this year and will probably carry over into the year thereafter. And it's the evolution of those themes that that fit within that broader cyclical framework that I was discussing earlier. So, you know, certainly from my view, some of the things that I think are still very topical uh, is that late last year, we ended off discussing how rates are likely to move higher in the developed world. We're talking about the Fed and the Fed sounding a lot more hawkish. We spent a lot of time on Magic Markets talking about, you know, again, educating our listeners. How does a move in rates play into a yield curve? We had an entire show educating people about the yield curve and then how you take that yield curve and translate that into a view on stocks. So I think aspects or themes like that will come into play because let me make it very real for you. What you've seen over the last couple of weeks in markets has been that we've seen rates react higher because of inflation expectations and a policy response, and that's come through very directly in terms of stocks that are very stretched in terms of some of the valuations. So that's how the entire ecosystem ties up for us, is we discuss some of the macro stuff here in Magic Markets Free. uh, That then plays into valuations on specific stocks that we're looking at, and that translates into investment views. Going back to themes, other things that I think are very topical that are going to be with us not just for this year, but into the year thereafter as well is energy. How's the energy space evolving? We've spoken about ESG and the environment at length. Uh, And I think that, you know, we've had a phenomenal performance from the energy sector last year. And ironically, that's the old energy sector, it's oil producers. How does that evolve? What about new players like nuclear? Do we start seeing more appetite and interest in the clean energy space? Do you wanna own the grid or do you wanna own the producer? And then last, the last two that I wanna just throw out there is that, you know, healthcare still remains very topical. We're still still sitting with this terrible pandemic and I hope this is the year when we put it behind us. But I think healthcare ties into a broader mega trend of demographics and how that's changing. So I'd be, uh, you know, it's a big sector for me last year. It's a big focal area for this year. Lastly, emerging markets, China, that's the macro stuff that I filter in from Mo And I think that's also yielded some pretty interesting uh, outputs in magic markets.
0: Yeah, just to add to that, the rotation from growth to value, that's the yield point we've talked about. So that's companies that are making money today as opposed to hoping to make money in 2057. Energy, Mo's talked about ESG, he referenced, and I think there's going to be a lot of ESG-driven investing and themes coming through. Lots of ESG mandates coming through, companies raising ESG-related funding in relation to net zero goals. So all that kind of stuff you're going to see in the market, I think. I think property could have a decent year. I think it's due a decent year. It actually had a pretty good one last year, to be honest, but it's due, a, it's due more of a recovery. So I actually rotate a little bit of my exposure from the NASDAQ 100 into property literally this week. I think travel is due at least a partial recovery. There's quite a lot of lead time on international travel. Uh, most people are not brave enough to risk getting stuck in a foreign land because of COVID. So they'll wait for this pandemic to be gone completely, And then the travel is going to go bananas. So I think that that will hopefully come this year if this pandemic is behind us. Mo mentioned the higher rates. That can be quite good for banking as an example of a sector that can do well in that situation. Uh, Inflation, that's going to come through. That's going to be good for like industrials, businesses with big fixed cost bases and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's going to be no shortage of stuff to talk about this year.
1: You know, I, I, I'm not used to being in in the seat that's getting questioned. I, I want to throw something back to you. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll tolerate me doing this, but, you know, we, we've spoken about some of the themes, we've spoken about some of the shows we've done in the past, but as a long-time listener, someone who's really gone through the archive, who's gone through this journey with us, would you be happy to share with us, you know, what... Or which show you found the most insightful, uh, and how you have engaged with magic markets as we've gone through the evolution of what magic markets has become as well?
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent. The bonds and the yield discussions. I think I enjoyed a lot of that because it gave a different angle. And you guys both released articles in Monos and Mail that followed that that whole show. So it was nice to kind of touch base. With the show and from an outside perspective and, and get that that going from an educational point of view. But I think towards the latter part of the year, my favorite would have been you guys discussing the themes and the deep diving after Magic Markets premium came out. I think just from there, on Magic Market premium, I know we're on the normal Magic Market show, but premium, how are you guys going to choose companies and sectors? Because for me, I, I focus on the US markets as well, predominantly, but how are you guys going to do that this year? Because you've, you've mentioned a lot of things that are going to influence that. So how's that going to happen?
0: So, and this is going to be an interesting one, I think, for listeners. So because the deep dive takes so much time and we inevitably uncover new things when we do it, or not inevitably, we guarantee uncover new things when we do it because we're spending hours upon hours upon hours researching each one. So we'll pick a name that we know. Uh, sometimes we do something slightly more obscure, but we're not trying to do like really unusual small cap US. Uh, We don't really have an edge there. You know, I think when you get into that end of the market, you need to be ideally on the ground, know something about management. That's why people do small caps on the JSE because they know these companies. But, you know, internationally, that's not the case. So we kind of stick to the bigger names that people know, that we know and understand as a brand. And we don't necessarily have a predetermined view when we actually start the process. And our goal is not to identify companies that we think are a buy. Our goal is to identify companies that we think we can unpack, we can learn from, and we can form a view on. And if we think at the end of the process that we would buy it, then great, you know, we share that view and we probably will buy it in our portfolios or we own it already. If it's a company that we like, but the valuation looks, you know, completely out of whack, then we'll say, listen, this we like the company, just we don't like it at this price. And there was a lot of that at the end of last year. I was starting to feel like Dr. No a little bit, but look at what the market has done in the past few weeks and actually that turned out to be the right view. We knew it was expensive. You could see it was expensive and uh, and that's that's worked out okay. So yeah, it's, it's a big learning curve each time we do a show, that's for
1: sure. Both Ghost and I have a watch list. Uh, we both have screening criteria. I think the fact that we focus on global stocks, not necessarily US specific stocks, but global stocks, is that we wanted to bring a South African perspective to the global markets. We wanted to make access to this kind of information available to the South African investor. And that's really the intent and the thrust behind what we do at Magic Markets Premium. Uh, In terms of the stocks that we select, like I say, sometimes it's on a watch list for me, sometimes it's on a watch list for Ghost. But increasingly what we're finding is through engagement with our subscribers, is that so much stuff comes out of the woodwork. People come back to us and say, sheesh, we love the show on this stock that you did. Have you considered X, Y, Z? Now, in and amongst that list, and we started building a list, a watch list from our subscribers as part of our engagement uh, with, with them, uh, we'll find something that's either thematically relevant and interesting to us, or it's there's something in that mix where something is raised, it's thrown onto our radar, or it's a stock we know about, but there was no real reason we were looking at it before the engagement with the subscriber. And I think that's what makes this a very rich learning process for everyone in the Magic Markets premium ecosystem. And I think that's a commitment that both Ghost and I want to throw out, out there is that through that engagement with subscribers, I mean, it's impossible. We've got hundreds of subscribers, and there's no way we're going to be able to cover everyone's wish list. But we want to really go out on a limb there and say, when you engage with us, if it's something that meets the criteria of maybe the themes we're looking at, or how we're looking at stocks, that that definitely goes on a watch list. And when we find it's something that we can unpack and do justice to the entire process, it's something that you will find on Magic Markets Premium.
0: And it's hard to be restricted to one stock a week, but that's what we have to do because we have to do so much work on each one. So we would lo- there's so many companies we'd love to do. You know, even by the end of this year, we won't be through the whole list of things we want to do. So yeah, there's no shortage of uh, of opportunities.
2: So with that, you guys have been doing this for for a while. So everyone who has been listening would understand that there are certain stocks that you guys are definitely linked to or associated with. I'm going to start with you guys because. Everybody knows your love for Tesla. So, if you have an opportunity to cover Tesla in the pre in magic market premium,
0: would you do that? So, I do like to have fun staying poor by not owning Tesla. Yeah, I mean, at some point, maybe. I think personally, at this point, I just think the market behavior of that stock is just so unrelated to the fundamentals of the business. It's almost based more on what Elon's busy tweeting than it is based on the the company, and that makes it kind of hard um and that's always been my challenge with it is it's uh, it's really betting on a mortal man uh, at the end of the day if Elon you know heaven forbid dropped dead tomorrow then what's going to happen to the Tesla share price i can tell you what's going to happen it's probably going to sink 80% uh, somewhere towards its fundamental value um, so <laughs> yeah maybe at some point we will i don't know i'll i'll need to be convinced mo
2: and mo so you you don't sound convincing now ghost but but mo i'm going i'm going to throw it to you now because you know, there was a time period where, you know, we had to put Mo and Moderna, you know, and you were you were kind of riding that way for a while. I see it's been it's been hammered. I was going to enter that at some point and I missed it. Luckily, I didn't. But uh, what do you think about that, Mo? How's Moderna going to be doing and are you going to buy any more?
1: Yeah, so Mo- Moderna was actually one of my good news stories last year because, you know, I was lucky enough. I, I got in. Early uh, around the hundred dollar mark, uh, and the reason for it, going back and just to tie the thread through this entire lovely engagement we've had with you, Willett, is that it was one of my mega themes. You know, it's it's healthcare, and then guess what? You're in the middle of a pandemic. So Moderna for me was that that dark horse stock. It was something that you know no one really knew about, and in fact, then it was actually compelling because the stock was. Massively undervalued, it was like this lovely call option and it, and it expanded nicely. I exited, I did not ride the thing all the way up to $500. I rode it to around the 300s and then, you know, said, oh, I'm happy, took my profit, felt really stupid at 500. I've been looking, I mean, it's come all the way off. So for those of you watching it, you know, it's back down in the 200s uh, and you know, I'm, I'm watching it. And the reason I'm watching it is, there's also a lot of hype in terms of the stock now that it is known. You get those disconnects from fundamental value, And over and above that, you know, Moderna now trades more or less in line with other peers like Pfizer, for example, when you look at its multiples. So I'm now saying, okay, great. I like the business. I still like the business. Uh, It has very little debt. You know, the technicals, I'm waiting to give me a nice little buy to get back in again. Uh, But in aggregate, I still like the story. It's just a question mark of what happens to Moderna after the pandemic. You know, I believe that mRNA technology is here for the long term. That's a mega trend that I like. I just need to be convinced that Moderna is ideally positioned to take advantage of that. And that's a costly exercise that comes with massive Billions and billions worth of R and D, and I haven't yet done the deep dive. So, you know, I certainly think it is a candidate for Magic Markets Premium, uh, but I'm going to have to convince uh, Ghost here because I, I I think the same way you want to take the emotion of Tesla out of out of Ghosts, bringing that onto the agenda. You maybe want to take the mo out of Moderna here.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, that that kind of leads me up to to my next question, um, and I think the final one for the evening. You guys are business partners and your friends. It's a bit of a distance between you, so you don't have to sit in the same office. Do you guys always agree on the stuff that you, you want to bring into, into the show? And having now you know, started Magic Markets Premium as well, you know, how many times do you guys irritate each other? And who compromises? How do you compromise? Do we irritate each other, mate? At least once a
0: week.
1: I'm going to take this one. What do you mean at least once a week? What do you mean at least once a week? (laughs) Look, I mean, it's a a great question. Uh, And I I think, you know, to unpack that, it's it's always great being partners with someone who you have a a deep friendship with. Uh, And thankfully, you know, Ghost and I worked together when I was still down in South Africa, and then we reconnected when I was up here. Uh, In terms of whether we agree or disagree, I thrive on the disagreement. I think the debate and the challenge is really what makes magic markets what it is. Uh, and the reason I say that is, remember, by the time the listener, the subscriber, is seeing the end product, we've gone through lots of disagreement. We've gone through a lot of challenge, a lot of entropy. Sometimes, and it's about, you know, it's not about who compromises. It's about, you know, what does each party bring to the table? Uh, Ghost and I both look at things very, very differently. And I think that goes into the mix and into the flavor. <laughs> Do we irritate each other? I would say several times every single day. Um, I was going to say, is, it was, uh, such, a, you know, it was
0: such a diplomatic I'm, answer that whole way through. I was like, <laughs> geez, man.
1: And, 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 and it's, not, it's not just one way. You know, it's not just one way. It's, uh, it's hard to get irritated with a, a guy whose uh, image is, you know, a purple ghost that looks very friendly. And I I, I probably, as the, the guy with no hair, look a lot more aggressive. But you know, I think... That's part and parcel of what makes the magic in, in magic markets. Ghost, I don't know if, if you want to agree or disagree with that. I would love for you to disagree with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be on brand. Eh? No, like, I mean, I've had some hits and misses with doing business with friends before. It's always it's always a risk, obviously. And I think you have to be willing to accept that, like in any relationship, you're going to irritate each other at some point. And sometimes you might even irritate each other actually quite a lot. And then you have to go away and think about it and be like, okay. Like, I understand where that other person's coming from and, you know, what can I do better and what should that person be doing better and what should I be telling them to do better? And then then you're either going to listen to each other's viewpoints and find middle ground or it's going to fall apart. It's been stressful, I think, for both of us. You know, starting a business is not a joke. And uh, we've done something completely different, which I think is even harder. I mean, to our knowledge, there isn't anything like this in terms of Magic Markets Premium. Yes, there's a lot of sub-stacks out there, but honestly, I've read a number of them and... I don't know that they go into as much detail as, as we go into at the price point we've done it. So we're certainly betting on on getting a lot of subscribers. It's the only way to make it economically viable and it's going to take time. I mean, it, it's, it's been a wonderful experience, but I laughed when I saw your proposed question to do this because we almost yeah. never agree. It's actually fantastic. <laughs> Mo and I look at the world com completely differently ranging from how we look at stocks through to how we deal with day-to-day stuff in the business. Moe's way more like of a pessimist and a worrywart than I am. I'm generally like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. <laughs> then I'll have days where I really don't think it's going to be fine. Then he has to kind of step up to the plate. I, I couldn't imagine doing it without a partner. So uh, you know, it's yeah, it's good. We we kind of make up for each other's down days, I guess.
2: And you know what? You have mentioned the time that it takes if um, the, the discussions it takes, you know, what goes behind and I'm gonna hop on this because I enjoy Magic Markets Premium a lot It does a lot for my research because I don't have time to do all that stuff So you guys do a lot of the work for me and um, what goes into actually producing that stuff
0: between the two of us? Uh, I think we might we each spending Between 10 and 12 hours on a company easy. So 24 hours combined time per week on this thing 99 bucks a month which is why i believe so strongly in the product that we've put together so it starts with obviously just researching the company you know earnings calls very important mo does a lot of thinking around macro themes i go and straight into the detail and i look for the little nuggets in the in the earnings announcement and then we'll have like an initial call of you know what do you think what do i think what have i noticed what has he noticed? then we'll go away and sleep on it there's a lot of sleeping on it we've tried to do these kind of sprints in a day or two it actually doesn't work you've got to let it just always use the word percolate in your mind um, for a couple of nights ideally before you sort of arrive at a at a conclusion and often we only arrive at what our conclusion is sometimes on the tuesday when we record like today sometimes by a monday night we kind of know where we're going to land with this thing but it's, it's an extensive amount of work there's proper research into who the management is who the competitors are uh, reading the quarterly filings, going through the latest annual report, the strategic stuff, having a look at the risks, all that kind of stuff, coming up with the bear case and the bull case that we, you know, we really spitball ideas there and try and cover as many different thoughts as we can to give a really balanced view ultimately on the company. Uh, There's a lot of work done on the financial analysis side looking at segments. I'm a big fan of breaking a company down into its financial segments because then you can see what's really going on. Just looking at a high level group number, I don't think it gives you enough of a picture. So we break it down a lot. Then we eventually we arrived at an investment thesis and along the way Mo, you do all the technical stuff which is another perfect example of why it works as a team. It's a skill set that I don't really have. So I don't know if you wanna mention that quickly.
1: Yeah, so you know, I I think I almost want to add a little bit to that because I think it's, yes, it's at least 12 hours a piece from both of us on a particular stock, but it's actually more than that. And I'll tell you why I say that, is that this is the beauty of the ecosystem. It's the beauty of the fact that in Monos, I'm doing a lot of the macro stuff that feeds in anyways. So that's additive to the entire process. You know, what Ghost brings to the party is additive to the entire process. So I think, you know, as we go along, this sometimes there are stocks that we've looked at, and, and here's a great example: is that we will have looked at a stock like Visa, and 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 when we covered that, we uncovered certain core themes and underlying elements that we're able to pull through into our analysis of other stocks in other sectors. So as this builds up, that body of knowledge really becomes, I guess, value accretive to the entire magic markets process. So, you know, I don't like to break it down into a discrete. hey, I'm spending X number of hours on a particular stock, because what goes into every single episode and report of magic markets is actually the sum culmination of hours and hours and weeks and days of work that happens within each of our respective ecosystems. Um, On top of that, I think, you know, yes, we go, we we, we look at things so differently. So I commence with like my top down view, and Ghost starts with his bottoms up view. And eventually we meet one another because, you know, I'll go into the financials as well. But there's a point where I kind of stop and say, I'm not going to go into this nitty gritty detail because I know that Ghost, as a CA, his skill set is better suited to that. And if I look at, for example, technical analysis, that's something I've done historically as an additive component to how I look at stocks. And I bring some of that into the mix. Uh, As Ghost says, we debate this. We debated a heck of a lot. Uh, We come up with what we believe is a holistic investment thesis and we sometimes, if not often, disagree. And sometimes something might make a great long-term investment, but a bad short-term trade. And I think that's the nuance that is so important for subscribers and listeners to understand and grasp, is that everyone out there is gonna have a different strategy, a different way of looking at markets, a different way of trading or investing in markets. And this is part of someone's building block, someone's foundational building block for all of the work that we've put in. We're saying, hey, we're gonna we're going to give this to you at this very affordable price. We're making this kind of research accessible to you and then you factor that into your overarching process in terms of whether it makes sense for how you approach markets.
2: I think that's that's perfectly put and that's exactly why you guys have gained so much traction and I believe you will gain so much more traction is because you've just brought something into our environment or the South African environment that no one's actually been used to from from a retail investor perspective. So... You know, thanks and keep it up. And with that, I just want to thank you guys for actually letting me put you guys in the, in the hot seat, so to speak. I think this was a, a nice way for the listeners to get to know the other side and what goes into what you guys put out. I want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity. I want to wish you guys well.
1: Yeah, thanks,
0: Willett. It was great.
1: Yeah, thanks, Willett. Really uh, appreciated your time today and your unique perspective. Uh, And we thank you and, in fact, all of our listeners, all of our subscribers for allowing us to share our passion for markets with you, for being part of what we feel is a Magic Markets community. Uh, And we look forward to doing tons more of this stuff with our listeners with our subscribers engaging with you Uh, so yeah well thanks a lot and uh, we will be back next week same time same place for our
2: listeners
0: remember to visit thefinanceghost.com and monos.com for more detailed insights this podcast was for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial or investment advice please consult your personal financial advisor